So I want to welcome everyone to this episode of the NLN podcast, Nursing Edge Unscripted, the scholarship track. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Palazzo, a member of the editorial board for Nursing Education Perspectives. Nursing Edge Unscripted and our track entitled Scholarship celebrates the published work of our select nurse educators from the NLN's official journal, Nursing Education Perspectives, and the NLN Nursing Edge blog. The conversations embrace the author's unique perspectives on teaching, learning, innovations, and the implications for nursing program development and enhancement. This episode, we will discuss the author's article, Building Academic Leadership Capacity Through Coaching. The discussion will focus on the unique findings of the authors who published the manuscript in the July-August issue of the upcoming Nursing Education Perspectives. Our speakers today are Dr. Janice Brewington, who is Chief Program Officer and Director of the Center for Transformational Leadership for the National League for Nursing, and Dr. Ann Krauss, who's Dean and Professor of Widener University School of Nursing. Welcome, both of you. We're so happy to have you join us today. Thank you, Steve. I first want to start by just asking a general question. Let us know a little bit more about what your research was about and the impacts that you think it's going to have for the shaping nursing science in the future as it goes to leadership coaching. Sure, I'll start off. Um, the research was a qualitative examination of the experience of participants in the LEAD program. The goal of the research was to really understand um, the impact of that program on the participants. We did individual interviews with the participants and then we examined the data um, and we came out with three overall themes. The first one was encouraging intentional reflection of self and leadership. That theme really reflected um, the importance of the lead program in having that evaluative piece um, for a leader, which we all know is so important to examine what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what are some of the things that you're concerned about, um, um, what are your values, so important for a leader to really understand what um, their values are and how that affects their leadership. The second theme was validating perceptions of uh, challenging professional situations. This was crucial and I found this was um, um, a really important part of the LEAD program. The participants were matched with a um, professional coach and um, that coach um, was available to them to help them navigate some of the difficulties they were experiencing in their current leadership roles. Um, doesn't mean that they figured everything out with that coach, but um, it helped them to navigate the waters, to, to test out solutions um, for those problems before they took action, to identify potential actions for those 
problems that they encountered. Um, most of the participants thought that was extremely valuable for them. And I think um, some of them wanted even more interaction with their coach and some were more, uh, more engaged with their coaches than others. The final theme was strategizing options for action plans and behaviors. And so this goes right along with that interaction with the coach as well as the group activities in the LEAD program in that through their self-reflection and those conversations with the coach, they develop strategies to enable them to be successful or move certain initiatives forward that they were working on. So putting it all together, um, it gave them um, support. Uh, the, the program gave them support. It gave them um, the ability to, to be an intentional leader through that self-reflection. Um, and it helped them get through some really difficult times. Um, you know, I heard some stories from some of the participants where they were really, really struggling with particular professional problems. And um, having that uh, coach as well as the lead program there to help them get through that was um, career changing for them. Um, as for some, you know, it, it, it was more so than others, but um, it was a great experience to talk with these individuals. And um, I think that we really saw through their reflections, the value of the LEAD program. Yeah. And as Anne mentioned about, you know, encouraging intentional uh, reflection of self and, and leadership, and that becomes really critical. Because what that does, it, it, it helps them to reframe how they're thinking about leadership and how they're thinking about themselves as leaders. And so it gives them a different way of thinking about courageous conversations with themselves so that they can uh, identify their strengths and they can identify how they make decisions. and what be what what what's the behavioral part of this decision making and i think one of the other critical elements of this self reflection is how do they find how do they find their voices to speak because if because if you're not confident mm. and if you don't know who you are as a leader and you haven't determined that then it's difficult to find your voice to speak for example, uh, many of them say, you know, they've been in meetings before when they have really had something to say. You know how we think about this, all of these things in our head. And then someone else says what we wanted to say. Right. So it's about how do you have that courageous conversation with yourself to be able to say, I can say this. It's okay if it doesn't come out all packaged with a pretty bow around it. But how do you do that? And I think part of that is becoming self-authorized to be able to lead and speak as a leader. That's great. That, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And I think for some people, that's true. That's where you get caught up. You're kind of caught up in your own head, right? Um, you have things you want to share, you want to want to say, but some people may think I'm not a leader or people don't recognize me as a leader, so I don't have a place here to say something. And so it's very important that there are programs like this. And that leads me to my next question. Couldn't, 
you know, describe in a little bit more detail the approach to coaching that has evolved in the NLN's leadership development programs over the years. So I imagine there's been some changes and based on the work that you've just, uh, we're talking about now is going to lead to further changes as the programs develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the, you know, when we, this has kind of been like an evolutionary process because, and based on my own frame of reference in terms of coaching, because I've had coaches all my life uh, and I really didn't think about it until I was uh, uh, making a presentation, preparing for a presentation. And I realized my grandmother was my informal coach and I didn't know that. But when I realized that I said, huh, I said, how many other people have had informal coaches that they hadn't even thought about? So then, you know, I had the formal coaches and that helped me in terms of my leadership and my being, you know, me being who I am today. So I said, that's one of the components that we need to put, you know, we need to integrate into the lead program as well as the executive leadership in, uh, in education and practice program that we had earlier. And because when you think about it, this program started, LEAD started 11 years ago. And 11 years ago, academia was not thinking about coaching for nurse educators, coaching for leaders in academia. You know, that was in the business world. That was in the corporate sector. And then sometime later, they started, uh, you know, coaching for execs, you know, uh, execs in hospitals, and then also nurse, uh, uh, you know, CNOs in hospital settings or healthcare settings. And so I said, we need to bring this to academia. And we need to bring this in terms of leadership because that's how they lead, learn how to lead in terms of having a coach in a, and, and one of and the, and, and the environment that we set up is one that is, uh, a trusting environment, a safe environment where you can feel free to be vulnerable. And you know, you can't be vulnerable vulnerable everywhere because you don't know what people are going to do with the information right? or how they're going to perceive you. Because we're always about, oh, wonder how that person is going to perceive me if I say this or if I do that, or if I don't get it right. And we're always evaluating ourselves. So, you know, creating a trusting environment, a safe place where people can feel that they can speak and they can be honest about who they are, where they are, and what they need assistance with. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to what uh, Ann said about the the reflection and self-awareness, being aware. And also having coaches who are credentialed, you know, who are experts and they know how to ask probing questions. So it's not that the coach tells them what to do. The coach leads them in a direction so that they can uncover themselves, uncover for themselves. And Anne probably has, you know, can add some more because that's part of the study. That's what they found in terms of what uh, what the participants said about the coaching. 
Sure. And just to um, add on to that, we also asked them, you know, what's the difference between a coach and a mentor? Um, And um, that they clearly in, in obviously through the lead program um, knew what the coach's role was, which is what Jana said, which is to help them identify the solutions but a mentor is somebody that's completely different and who has a different role. And you might have many mentors in your life. The coach's time, there's a time period and it's very specific in terms of, you know, um, it, what the goal is for that coach in working with that individual. Um, so it was, it, they clearly understood what the role of the coach was. They actually wanted more interaction with the coach. Um, they wanted more time with the coach. So they valued that quite a bit. Yeah. So maybe clarify a little bit more now the difference between the coach and the mentor. Um, you say there's a difference between the two and it's probably important to distinguish what those differences are. And because obviously this was an intentional use of a concept coach, as opposed to using a mentor. You want to take that one, Janice? I'll take that one. Yes. A mentor, and and they do some similar kinds of things. You know, a, a mentor helps you in terms of your career development, you know, helping you to determine what's your path, where do you want to go? And, and you build that personal relationship with your mentor mentor that's kind of longstanding. So it's not like you're going to have four one-hour sessions with the mentor and that's it. And also the mentor is a person that you can reach out and touch, which means you can reach out to them at different periods along your career journey. Okay? And they ask you questions and they help you to think about you know, what's your career trajectory? They may also help you to, you know, to uh, process situations in your organization. So that's, those are some similar kinds of things, but also it's the long-term relationship. With a coach, it's not a long-term relationship necessarily because, you know, coaching can be done in, in corporate settings where they hire people to come in and coach their, uh, you know, coach their employees. And so it's a short term, but, and also the coaches will help them in terms of performance. So there may be issues with performance. And so they will coach them around those performance, that performance. And a coach also helps, helps uh, the coachee identify development areas. Then they help them to develop, to, uh, you know, to plan and create, well, to create a development action plan so that one, they can identify what are their goals, what are the outcomes, and what strategies are they going to integrate in order to achieve their goals. And in many, well, many instances, most instances, coaches are paid. You know, it's, 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 it's a pay, you know, FIFA, uh, FIFA pay. Okay. So there's a FIFA service in terms of the payment. So those are, so those are some of the differences uh, in terms of coach versus mentor. That was very helpful in clarifying that. Thank you. Welcome. What action would you recommend to our viewers to enhance their capacity to become academic leaders and use that capacity to lead change in nursing education around healthcare? 
So one of the first things that I would recommend is to um, really reflect on your ability, your role to become a leader. A leader is not just someone who is a positionally in a leadership position that said that twice, who's in a leadership position, but any faculty member should and can be a leader um, and needs leadership development. So I think that's the first thing is to really reflect on your, um, your individual role, whatever that is, and what leadership skills that you need to develop to be successful in that role. Think of faculty governance, think of um, leading group teams of faculty. Um, so it's not positional. Um, the other thing that I think is really important is really that values clarification. Um, that's gotta be that intentional work right up front in terms of what you as a leader value, because that's gonna determine how you lead. And it's gonna help inform that coach if you're working with the coach or gonna inform your actions as you go forward. If you don't know what your values are, you're gonna flounder because you're gonna go off in many directions. So that would be um, something that I would recommend. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, and, and that is so true, Anne, in relationship to leading. And one of the first things that I would say is that all nurses are leaders. All nurses are leaders, whether you're in academia, whether you're in policy, whether you're at the bedside, whether you're a researcher, all nurses are leaders. And they have to see themselves as leaders. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about dream the vision for yourself in terms of a leader. And where do you start as a leader? It starts in your mind so that you don't see yourself as an imposter, mm -hmm. but you see yourself as a leader. And that is so, so important. And I think the other is that they need to become self-authorized to lead. And it's about how do you take up your authority in your role, regardless as to what your role is. You know, like Ann said before, you could be, it could be governance, could be faculty governance. It could be a chair of a committee. It could be a member of a committee. But how do you take up your leadership role and your authority in that role to lead? And that becomes important. And how do you, how do you deal with roving leadership? See, leadership is not lodged in one person. If you're in a group, leadership roves because mm -hmm. each person has a contributing, have, each person has a contributing strength that leads to the whole of the group in terms of achieving the outcomes. So I think that becomes important. And then I think it's important for them to, to take risk and to come out of their comfort zone to be authentic and allow themselves to transform. You know, so many times as leaders, we're afraid to bring our full selves mm -hmm. to the table. Mm 
and to our leadership role. So how do you bring yourself? How do you bring who you really are to the table so that you can lead in a compassionate, a very caring, a very authentic way? And then I think it's about uh, understanding the politics of organizational systems. That is critical. And yeah. we don't all, and, and based on, you know, Anne's role in terms of her stellar role as a, as a dean, you know, if we go back, we didn't get anything about the politics of organizational systems, you know, issues of leadership, authority, power, competition, and how that informs what happens in organizations and how you lead. And how do you have the systems thinking so that you understand how the external environment impacts on the internal environment and how decisions are made. And I think the final thing I would like to say is that as a leader, find your passion, mm. you know, find your passion as a leader and lead with integrity and have fun. Having fun is very important. Yes. I say that all the time. If you're not having fun, boy, the work is just not interesting typically. Something that resonated with me that you said um, was self-authorized leadership. I, I've never heard that term before, and I really liked that. And I'm wondering, how do we instill in our nurses, especially our nursing students, this idea of self-authorized leadership? Mm -hmm. And that's a term that's used in um, group relations. Um, you know, Tavistock group relations that came out of, grew out of England years and years ago that found its way to uh, the United States through the A.K. Rice Institute. Wow. And so it's about becoming self-authorized to lead. One, you have to know who you are. You have to know who you are and you must have a set of core values. If you don't have core values, people can make you do anything. Yes, that's true. <laughs> okay? Just about make you do anything and, and you're doing it, but you don't really know that you're doing it because you don't have that foundation in terms of those values. So knowing who you are, having the courage to be able to speak, knowing what your strengths are and how to capitalize on those strengths. And also not be afraid to take a risk and take up your authority in your role, in terms of how you make decisions, in terms of how you co-create with other people, in terms of innovation, and in terms of how you embrace the strengths of other people. See, when you embrace other people's strengths, then that makes you a more powerful leader mm -hmm. because you're surrounding yourself with people who can help you achieve the goal and you're not trying to do that yourself. So that's about taking up your authority in your role to be able to spread like, it's like spreading the wealth around. Right. It's about spreading the leadership around and being clear who you are as a leader. You have to be clear about who you are as a leader. You know, if you're not clear, then you don't know when you falter. Oh, good point. Okay. 
Well, I want to thank you both so much for joining uh, me today in this conversation. I appreciate your time. I know how busy everyone is. I appreciate your expertise and your willingness to share your work and broadening our understanding of this work. And really just a great uh, beginning conversation for many people on building leadership capacity, what that looks like. Some of the things you both said today really, I think, resonate with uh, developing leaders and those who don't even understand what leadership is or that they are a leader, as you said. Um, and I think there's some helpful things here that uh, our viewers can take into and bring to their own institutions. And to our listeners, if you've not had an opportunity to read this work, you will have an opportunity when it comes out in the um, July-August issue of Nursing Education Perspectives. Again, it's building academic leadership capacity through coaching. And again, I want to thank our, um, our, our speakers today who came and shared this with us, Dr. Krauss and Dara Brewington. Um, just wonderful work, wonderful opportunity for all of us here listening. And thank you again. Thank you. Thank you.